the gospel works and it works in the Middle East. It works in tribes in Africa. It works in the Amazon rainforest. It works on Wall Street and it works on my neighbors on my street. It works. The message stays the same. Languages change, culture changes, food changes, but like literally the gospel message does not change. And it is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes. We have been preaching a gospel that is focused on man, man's sins, what man must do to be saved, what man must do to overcome his own weakness. They come looking for a God-centered gospel that brings freedom, but they aren't finding it because it's centered on what they must do. And it's not working. So they leave. Leave the church, leave the faith, leave God. This whole time though, the solution is simple. Return to a gospel centered on Jesus. This alone will revive us from within and awake the sleeping giant that is the global church. What began as a simple gospel has turned into a brave movement. It's not starting, it's already begun. It's not about getting Christians back into the church. It's about reviving the church through a revelation of Jesus Christ. And what is the result? A company of burning hearts ready and willing to transform the world. Hey guys, welcome to the Braveheart Podcast. It's Wesley here, and I wanna welcome you to this season that we're calling the gospel on the move, where we're really diving into what it has looked like for us as Braveheart and as individuals to live out the gospel message. And in this episode, actually, I am sitting down with Stephanie and I'm sharing about what this summer has looked like for me doing a lot of missions abroad, but also reaching out to my own neighborhood in my own community. So I hope you enjoy. Hi, welcome to the Braveheart Podcast. I'm here with Wesley. Yeah, yeah. You guys probably heard his voice a couple times. Not really sure. You've been kind of all over the world right now. Yeah, it's been crazy. As some of you guys know, some of our team, we went to Philly. Then we went to South Africa. And then a couple of us went to Cincinnati. But Wesley went to Brazil right after South Africa. So we're going to be kind of discovering a story. You have a lot to share, so bring it to the table. Bring it to the table. That I like good. that. We're going to keep that. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> um, towards the beginning of the year, the Lord really put it on my heart, like just stirred my heart for missions again. So I did a lot of missions. Actually, you and I both did Harvest School Yeah. at different times. What, what year did you do yours? 2019. 2019. Okay. And so like for me, I did Harvest School, which is like a mission school in Mozambique in 2015. And after that did a lot of mission stuff for a few years. And then have really just been back in Texas, just kind of serving youth pastoring. And it's been really good, but the Lord really stirred my heart towards the beginning of the year for missions again. And it's really wild because like you said, even South Africa came up and Brazil came up and even this trip to Israel, like they're just with these opportunities that the Lord opened up, uh, which is super wild. Cause even I've heard Christy say many times, like when it's the Lord's timing doors will open, Yeah, you know, like we can have dreams on our heart. That's like, Oh, I think it's now. And we're like knocking down all these doors and it's just a lot of work. But like, I was like, okay, Lord, you're stirring my heart for missions, open up doors. And then it's like, boom, boom, boom. 
And so, yeah, it was, and that's actually a crazy testimony too, because I was like, Lord, how's this all going to happen? Like financially, like, <laughs> and you got like fully funded. Yes. And like, like it literally was crazy because it's not cheap, you know, plane tickets and all that stuff. But for all the trips I did over the summer, I felt the Lord was like, put something out on social media, which for me is a huge step of faith because I don't really use social media at all. Yeah. My last post is from like five years ago. So I was like, that's awkward and not going to work, you know, but I did it and I was fully funded for all of my trips in less than a day. So, and that's like, insane. yeah, it's literally crazy. Like the Lord just did it. And to me, that was even a confirmation. I was like, okay, the Lord's on this. And so, yeah, South Africa was an amazing time and then got back from South Africa and then a little bit later left for Brazil. And this was actually an Irish trip, which, yeah, yeah. Iris is harvest school. So it's actually cool. I just thought about that now. Yeah. Like that's our connection and Iris. Whew, it's so fun. Um, anyways, so this was an Irish trip and basically it was just to the unreached people groups and the Amazon. And it was like a three week trip. And when I heard about it, I was like, this sounds super cool, but I think I just want to go because it sounds cool. <laughs> and then the Lord kept confirming it. And then again, it got like fully funded and all the doors were opening. And so I was like, okay, the Lord is on this. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how it came to be. And then when we were there, it was like just a really powerful time because over the last couple of years, as I've been with Braveheart, I'm learning about the power of the gospel and the gospel message can apply to me. Who's, you know, 26 years old living in Fort Worth, Texas, but there's kind of this thing of Actually, I remember one time we were in an intensive and one of our friends asked, Peter was sharing the gospel and one of them asked, but she was like, yeah, but like to what extent, Dang. you know, shout out Kate. Yeah. Shout out to Kate, <laughs> Kate Leathers. Let's go. But it was like, how big is this gospel actually? And I feel like that's one of those things like over the last two years, like being with the youth and being with adults and being with, you know, just different places in seeing the gospel at work that's really impacted me. And so because of that, I was like, I want to go to the unreached. Like I want to literally go where there's no like background of, oh, they kind of know the gospel. Like, oh, this isn't, I wanted to be like, how big is this gospel? Yeah. And so it was just a really powerful time. And basically moral of the story, the gospel is really big. <laughs> it's the biggest. Um, like we basically every day would just go, wake up and then start sweating because it was so hot and so humid. Yeah, <laughs> like, <Brazil>. Literally. <laughs> yes. I mean, it was like, you're just, everybody's just wet and sweat all day long every day. It was not Nasty. fun. Yeah, yeah. Very gross. But you'd wake up and then realize you're sweating and then you'd go get on a boat and we would just go to different communities off the Amazon river. And some of them they had already been to and some of them they had never been to. And we would just go love on them, share the gospel with them, look in their eyes, give them prophetic words. And something that hit me really, really deeply is just the simplicity of sharing the gospel. Like the gospel is this huge, majestic, bigger than we could ever understand or articulate thing. But it's also this like super simple, like you can smile at someone and say, Jesus sees you. And here's what he says about you. And people can like receive 
they receive like a seed form of that giant magnificent thing. You know, like it's, yeah. it's such a mystery. It's so wild that we can actually like Braveheart. I feel we like scuba dive into the gospel. Like <laughs> it's like my job description. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. we like scuba dive into the depths of it. Like we'll take one verse and we're like, we go super, super deep in it. And it's amazing. But you don't have to scuba dive it and go into the depths of it for years and years to understand it. Like literally, you can just receive it. It's simple. And it's simple. And it's by faith. And and someone in the Amazon jungle who has no context for the gospel, they can literally, re- they can receive the gospel. It's not some like less than gospel. It's not some like, this is the baby gospel. Like it's the same message. And I think that's something that, just impacted me really deeply of like the gospel works and it works in the Middle East. It works in tribes in Africa. It works in the Amazon rainforest. It works on wall street and it works on my neighbors on my street. Like literally it's like, it works. Like you don't, the message stays the same. Languages change, culture changes, food changes, but like literally the gospel message does not change. And it is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes. Like that is like, that's like so scary general. Like it's literally like everyone who believes is the same message. It's too good to be true because I feel like um, it's God's grace. It's his gift to us for us to be able to go deeper, you know, like to gain knowledge of God is such a gift, mm. but then also his gift, the simplicity of this yes. salvation that he's given us. That's so good. So um, you're a missionary. You're also a youth pastor. Mm-hmm. So kind of like going back and forth into like missions mode and like youth pastor mode. I know a lot of people, they kind of have like a slight separation of being a missionary versus like going back right. to your home. So like, can you kind of talk about that? Yeah, for sure. Um, so again, it's been really cool. I think because of like the foundation of understanding the gospel, normally, like even in the past when I've like come off the mission field, there's a lot of like culture shock and not culture shock. Like, Oh, the food's so different here. It's culture shock, like lifestyle shock. You know what I mean? It's like, Oh, in Africa, it's like the Lord is moving and there's all these powerful things. And then I'm back home and it's just same old, same old. But like when you understand the gospel, there's this like consistency of the truth that just permeates everything else. And it's not this like over here and over here. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like it just, the word of God is like, it's a rock. Yeah. And so there were definitely like coming back home. One thing that the Lord has like really put on my heart is to steward well what he's given me. And actually, this is a really crazy, really crazy story is that I, I'll preface it with this. Sometimes I think that we like glorify missions and we think that like, you know, if the Lord's calling you to a certain place, it's like, oh, I'm going to just get to that place and then all the lights are going to turn on and I'm going to kick into gospel mode and then I'm going to turn into missionary mode and it's all just going to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we think that it's like missions mode activate. Like it doesn't happen like that. Like. It's actually what you steward here and the small things that you steward are actually what you just walk in there. You know, I mean, like you can, I'm sure you can attest to that, like even doing mission stuff, like it's actually just the small things. And so coming back home, I felt the Lord was even like, 
just challenging me even more to like steward what feels small here. Mm. Um, and this is so wild. One of those things is I said a little bit earlier at the beginning of the year, the Lord actually gave me a vision and I saw like the table of the Lord. It was like this banquet table of the Lord. And I knew it was like the wedding feast of the lamb. And there were some empty seats around me. Like there was an empty seat across from me and an empty seat over here and an empty seat right beside me to my right. And in, like in this vision, I was like, that's kind of weird. Like there's not supposed to be empty chairs. You know, it's kind of awkward. Like I know the parable about, you know, let the wedding feast be full, like the house. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, this is not good. Um, and I looked down at each of the tables. There was like a nameplate. And I looked down in my hands at this table and I had invitations with their names on them. Mm. And I felt this thing of like the Lord was like, I'm calling you to invite people unto this day. And so that's been a really powerful thing. And I, but a few months after that, I was like, Lord, what are the names? Like, I didn't like see the names, but I knew there were names. And I got this name Valencio. And I was like, okay, that's super cool. Like, I guess that's a name. I feel like each place, each name represented like a different place or region. And so in my head, I was like, Valencio is like, that's Brazil. Like oh, after okay. <laughs> I, I was like, no, I didn't like, I was like, I'm, pro I'm Valencio is a person. Oh. And I was like, I'm probably going to meet them in Brazil. Cause that's kind of a, you know, yeah, Valencio, yeah, yeah. like, you know, name. yeah, exactly. But all through my time in Brazil, I was looking for Valencio and never found him. Oh dang. Yeah, I know. So I was <laughs> like, oh snap, that's not good. And then I got home and the Lord was talking to me about stewarding what I've been given. And we went on this, we did a little outreach as our church and we went to the neighborhood around our church and just went and knocked on doors, invited them to this thing. And the first house we went to said Valencio on it. And it was like, the Lord was just like reaffirming this thing of like, you can go to the nations and it's amazing and it's needed. Wow. But also the Lord is like, I'm act, like, you're actually called to hear. Wow. You know what I mean? Like, it's That's actually so like good. steward, steward this. Like it literally was like our neighborhood around my church that I've been going to for like 10 years. You know what I mean? It's neighbor. like those neighbors are actually just as they just as much need to be called to the wedding. You know, they need to know the yeah. gospel. They need to be called to the wedding feast of the lamb just as much as people in Brazil and as people in the Middle East. And so it's just been a really cool. It's been really cool to like come back and feel a continued theme in that. And obviously it's different. Like I'm not rocking up to people's houses in a boat you know, in the Amazon with iguanas and crocodiles, but yeah. you know, it's a little different, you know, just being at my church and being like, Hey, let's, let's talk, let's get lunch. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so for the people that feel called to missions and that feel that burning to God, I want to go, mm. um, I would love if you could just kind of exhort slash pray for them and kind of impart what God has given you of like, missions is to share with your neighbor too, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's really good. Yeah. I would say like every fruit starts in seed form, you know, like literally any fruit comes from a tree or a bush or something. And that came and started as a seed. And so whatever you feel the Lord's calling you to don't despise don't despise this, like the small growth. Don't despise the beginning of it, but don't, don't expect that as soon as you get a word, it's automatically fruitful. Mm. Um, and I think that's something 
even I know like I said earlier, I I did missions a lot a few years ago, but even at the beginning of this year, the Lord like really stirred my heart for missions. And I was like, all right, let's go. You know, like open doors, let's go. And it wasn't until basically this summer. So several months afterwards, and I was carrying this thing. But I, I feel like over the last few years, even being around Peter and Christy and hearing them talk about their journey with South Africa and different things, yeah. I've learned this like stewarding a promise and the Lord's timing. And so I would just encourage you like, if you feel the Lord's called you to a nation, pray into it. Like have other people that are praying with you. Like that's a really, it's important to make steps, but don't, don't feel like you have this like burden or weight of like, it has to happen right now and I have to make it happen. Like the Lord will open doors and in his timing, it will happen. And also in the, while you're in that waiting season, steward what's in front of you. Because if, if, if you can't, tend to the field that's in front of you, you'll never learn how to tend to a field on the other side of the world. Like quite literally, even if you think of like practically, like if you're a farmer and it's like, I'm going to go have a harvest in Thailand, but you never learned how to plant and water. Like literally it's like tend to a field here. Then you know how to tend to a field there. And it's not even about the field there. It's just about being faithful with what you've been given, no matter what that field is or what that place is. So I would just exhort you, and I just want to pray this of our listeners. So yeah, Lord, I just thank you that you're the God of promise and that you're the God of harvest. And Lord, I just ask for those listening, if they have a burning desire for the nations, Lord, I just, yeah, I just feel that verse from, from Matthew 9, Pray to the Lord to send out labors into his harvest. So, Lord, I just pray that you would send out labors, that you would send them in your timing, with your resources, with your heart. Lord, would you send out labors into the harvest? And, Lord, I just ask that any any expectations, any, um, any pressures to try to make it happen in their own strength would just be broken off. And, Lord, I thank you that you are a good shepherd and that you lead faithfully. And Lord, I thank you for the nations and the nations that will be impacted and changed through the message and the preaching of the gospel. And Lord, we, we wait with eager expectation for that day of your return when we sit at the wedding feast of the Lamb and we're looking around and we see the nations we see the, every tribe and every tongue and every nation that's at that table. And Lord, even the ones that we knew that you had called us to and that we were obedient in and that, that the faithfulness of our hearts and our yes to you even allowed for those tribes and tongues and nations to be there. And so, Lord, I just ask, even, even over those who don't have a burning heart for the nations, Lord, I just ask that you would give us as your bride and as your body, Lord, you'd give us a burning heart for the lost whether that's the lost down the street from us, whether that's our next door neighbors, our roommates, whether it's our own family, Lord, I just ask for a burning heart for the lost, that our heart would break for what your, yours breaks for. And Lord, that what, what gives you joy would give us joy. Lord, I ask for a reprioritization in our hearts. Lord, that we would prioritize what you do. And Lord, we just thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you haven't already, I want to encourage you to subscribe to the Braveheart Podcast so you can stay up to date with all of the latest episodes. 
We'll see you next week. But until then, we love you. Be brave.